Hello there, welcome to the Virtual Rec Room. This is Back of the Cereal Box, and this episode is brought to you by Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee. Visit them at www.hitchhikertoys.com. I am your host, John Pica, the prophet of pop culture, but you can call me Johnny. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing the difference between Marvel movies and Marvel comics, and whether or not it's a good idea for them to sink the two properties and bridge the gap. Mia culpa time, I accidentally called Ike Perlmutter Ike Putterman. So don't send me an email about that mistake later on. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll get right to it right now. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean, Elvis Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable, you can't beat an original. Welcome back to the Virtual Rec Room. Hey there, friends and foes. This is your host, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And this is Back of the Cereal Box. We celebrate the fun of the Saturday mornings of our youth while surviving adulthood today. We are 100% non-toxic and the only podcast fortified with eight essential vitamins and minerals. And why are we called Back of the Cereal Box? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. I am of a generation that did not have iPhones or iPads at the breakfast table on Saturday mornings, and we were reading the back of the cereal box in between cartoons, comic books, kaiju, and kung fu movies, and the back of the cereal box was the entire world to us, and it introduced us to all of the pop culture stuff that I love today, comics and games and music and movies and TV shows and cartoons and toys. And that's what we cover here on Back of the Cereal Box. And you might be asking, well, Johnny, what does Marvel Comics have to do with cereal boxes? Another great question. I'm glad you asked. All throughout the years, comic book companies, DC, Marvel, and others have done promotions on the back of cereal boxes or with prizes and premiums inside the cereal boxes, there's always been a very close association with comic book characters and Saturday morning breakfast cereal brands. And when I was a kid, we were eating the cereal while we were watching cartoons, we were reading the back of the cereal box, and then hopping on our bikes, heading down to the mall or heading down to the drugstore, heading down to the comic book shop and picking up comics and we would go either to the pool or to the uh, golf course and sit on the hill or sit under a tree or sit poolside and read comics and that was a huge part of my Saturday morning Saturday afternoon experience 
And Star Wars movies and Marvel Comics made me who I am today. And that's why we talk about comics and comic book movies on Back of the Cereal Box. And it isn't just Marvel Comics that I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of DC Comics and Dark Horse and Image and all of the indies. And as a kid, I was obsessed with the Avengers and Justice League and the Teen Titans and basically superhero teams in general, but specifically the Avengers and the Justice League. When I was a kid, we wanted nothing more than to see our favorite superheroes on the big screen. And I remember in 1978, I guess it was 1980, when Christopher Reeve appeared as Superman in Superman the movie, that blew our mind. We got, for the first time ever, a big budget, a big blockbuster Hollywood movie about one of the most beloved comic book characters ever. And if you had told me back then that today in 2022 that we would have the content that we have today based on comic books, we would have laughed at you. We were thankful and grateful to get Superman the movie. And then again in 1989, a decade later, we were thrilled to get the Michael Keaton Batman. And those films stand the test of time today. Superman, Superman 2, Batman, Batman Returns. And those really sparked the flame for what would later become today's movie and television landscape. And we have more comic book, geek culture, sci-fi material than ever, ever more than anyone ever dreamed of. And we never dreamed it would be so good, and yet some fans still aren't happy about it. And we could talk about toxic fandom another time. I want to talk about one of the biggest problems that comic book movies have and the comic book industry have in general, and that is their disconnected nature. There are some in the comic book industry that feel like Comic books need to be their own thing, movies need to be their own thing, and movies need to take their cues from comics and stay true to the source material and stay loyal to the source material. And I understand that. I get that as a comic book fan, as a comic book creator. You want film producers, TV producers to stay true to the original content that you created and intended. There's a problem with that, though, and especially today, comic book readership is at a all-time low. The average, average comic book sells between 5,000 to 15,000 copies a month. A top-tier seller is going to sell between 35 and 50,000 copies a month. A true bestseller might hit 100,000 copies a month. Now, when you break those numbers down, statistically that means that nobody is reading comics. I mean, you factor in 350 million people in the United States alone, 
and the top selling book is only selling about a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand copies total worldwide. Statistically speaking, it's such a small market that most of the major publishers now are considering whether they even even need to continue to produce content for that market. The new owners of DC Comics is considering, you know, discontinuing their print business altogether. And the only thing that they're giving real attention to is Batman. This week, this week, there are eight, count them, eight Batman books brand new this week. And that's every week. Yes, you still have Wonder Woman and Superman and Green Lantern, Flash and the Justice League out there, Aquaman and a few others. But the focus of DC right now is Batman, Batman, Batman. And it makes sense. They've got a brand new movie out. Batman is their most popular character. It's their tentpole. And we can talk about DC Comics and and their properties more in depth on another episode. Marvel has the broadest range of titles. And that makes sense too because their movie universe is epic. I mean, it's huge in size, in content, in scale, in diversity. There's something for everyone. And the Marvel movies are grossing, on average, a billion dollars each movie. Not everyone. Some, you know, only gross, you know, four or five hundred million. But by movie standards, that's still a mega hit. And when you have movies like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, the Spider-Man movies, and now Doctor Strange, poised to do over a billion dollars, that's unheard of. And by the way, folks, a billion dollars should not become the standard by which we measure movie success by. Those are still the outliers. But it just shows that Marvel and Disney is doing something right. The problem comes when you have millions and millions and millions of people enjoying these movies, becoming fans, buying the apparel, the merchandise, the toys, but they're not going into the comic book shop and buying the comic books. The average comic book is still only selling between five and 15,000 a, a, a really strong seller like, you know, X-Men or Avengers, maybe thirty-five to 50,000. Uh, the new Amazing Spider-Man that's coming out this month, it might hit a, a hundred thousand, but there are no more million sellers like there was back in 1991 with Jim Lee's X-Men number one. Those days are long gone. And the problem is that movie fans are not going into the comic book shop to find the comics. And there are, a lot of, there are a lot of different reasons why. One is marketing. I don't think the comic publishers are doing a good job of introducing the movie fans to the comic books that are available. There should be a commercial as a trailer before every Marvel movie showing you know, even 30 seconds. Hey, if you like this movie, when you're done, go to this local comic shop, find it at comicshoplocator.com and look at some of the artwork, some of the stories that are available to you in print form. You know, you can relive the movie 
in the comfort of your own home, take it on the go with you. There's all different ways to market it and comic companies are failing to do that. The other big problem is that comic book shops are not marketing to those movie fans. They are not getting out there. They're not showing up at the live events. They're not, you know, partnering with the theaters to create promotions, discounts, or premiums. They are not advertising and marketing adequately either. But I think the biggest barrier to movie fans is that if they are interested in the comic book source material, when they go to the comic book shop, the characters that they see on the page don't resemble the characters that they see on screen. Now, DC has been much better about this. And the most recent run of Shazam, the characters, the costume designs, the story elements, the origin, everything synced up with the new movie wonderfully. It was almost like a continuation of the story. That was very smart on DC's part. And really, the DC characters are so iconic that it, you know it's hard to make Superman unrecognizable. It's hard to make Batman unrecognizable. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, yes, they might be wearing slightly different costumes, but for the most part, they are so iconic. People know who they are, and they, they understand. The Flash is red with a lightning bolt. Green Lantern is green with the Green Lantern symbol. It's pretty consistent across medium. But Marvel Comics, not so much. And this has been a real problem for Marvel Comics, especially when it comes to the Avengers franchise. Fans see the Avengers movie, they see Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, okay, great. The Hulk, okay, got that. Black Widow, Hawkeye, and then they go buy the comic book, and the comic book is the Vision and um, Hercules and Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Ms. Marvel and Nova and a different Spider-Man than Peter Parker, and they're, they're, they're confused. It, it's not what they saw on screen, and I'm not saying that comics need to mimic or reproduce what happens on screen. But what I am saying is that comics need to tell new stories, introduce new characters, absolutely. But the aesthetics and the premise need to sync up. If someone loved the Eternals movie and they went and picked up an Eternals comic, None of those characters are recognizable in any way, shape, or form. And even I had to go and look and see, okay, am I looking at Ajax here? Because that's it's not the traditional Ajax that Jack Kirby created, and it's not what I saw in the movies. So who is this? Big problem. Well, in comes Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige has been the head of Marvel Studios for several years. And for several years, Marvel Studios was film. Marvel TV was run by Ike uh, uh, Putterman. And Marvel Comics was run by Joe Quesada. A couple of years ago, they combined Marvel Studios into one. 
put Kevin and Feige in charge of both TV and movies. And that's when we saw the Netflix deals come through. That's when we saw the announcement of the shows leaving uh, ABC and being produced for Disney Plus. And that's when we started to see all of the TV shows really start to sync up, especially after the end of the Netflix series. Uh, you know, Netflix was primarily supervised by Ike Putterman um, and um, Avi Arred. So they they tied into the MCU, but they weren't s- strictly connected. But now we're seeing a real connection now that Kevin and F- Kevin Feige is in charge of both. Well, last year, Marvel promoted Kevin Feige to the CEO, CFO of Marvel Entertainment. So now he is the head of Marvel Studios, Marvel TV, and Marvel Comics. And he has made a very uh, purposeful adjustment to the Marvel Comics. And that is, he is now making the comics mirror the movies and putting them in sync. This is a great spot to remind you that Back of the Cereal Box is sponsored by Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee. Come on down to Hitchhiker Toys for toys for all ages. We've got action figures, Funko Pops, collectibles, horror, board games, cards, and more. We're located at 141 Edenway Drive, Suite A in White House, Tennessee, and it's super easy to get there. Turn by the subway, and we are located in the shopping center between White House Nutrition and White House Produce. Enter through the common area, and we are the first door on the left. You can't miss us. We're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6, Sunday, 12 to 5, and closed Monday. And if you've got some old toys laying around, bring them to us. We buy, sell, trade, and no collection is too big or too small. Check out our online ordering options, our online auctions at www.hitchhikertoys.com. So now the question comes... Is this a good thing or a bad thing that Kevin Feige is mirroring the movies? And what do I mean by that? Well, in the latest Disney Plus show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the series ends with Sam Wilson fully embracing the mantle of Captain America. Now, that came out of the comic series, and his costume is comic accurate, but... That happened almost five years ago in the comics. And he went back to being Falcon. Steve Rogers came back as Captain America. So now people who got turned on by the television series are going to pick up current issues of Captain America. And it's not Sam Wilson. And we know that Sam Wilson is going to be Captain America in Captain America 4. And yet the comics don't reflect that. And now... The fans of the TV show don't see the character that they really want to see, and so they go elsewhere. So Kevin Feige has wisely decided that 
Sam Wilson is going to be Captain America again in the comics. But to please longtime fans of comics, Steve Rogers will also be Captain America. There will be two of them. So fans of both media can get their fix. Also, in the Shang-Chi solo series in the comics, with issue 12, they finally introduced the Ten Rings. And Shang-Chi is going to wield the Ten Rings that he had in the movies. Prior to that, he was just a great martial artist. No powers, nothing special beyond his mastery of Kung Fu and uh, his ability to completely control his body and have control over it. Now, he's got the power of the Ten Rings, and fans of the movie can go to the comic and connect with it. Several years ago, along with Sam Wilson becoming Captain America, Jane Foster picked up Thor's hammer and became the mighty Thor for about three years. And then she relinquished it and became the, the Valkyrie. And that's who she is in comics right now, Valkyrie. Well, guess what? Thor Love and Thunder is about to come out, and Jane Foster is the mighty Thor. So fans going to the comics were not going to find a Jane Foster Thor. Thankfully, Kevin Feige has stepped in, and they have you know, uh, preempted that. And this month, in the pages of Thor... Jane Foster is going to take up the mantle of Thor once again. And so movie fans are going to be able to read the continuing stories of their favorite characters. And they look, they resemble the characters. They're not going to continue the same story. They're not going to tell the same story over and over. There are going to be new stories. But the style, the aesthetic, and the character that people saw on screen matches up to the characters that they're reading in the comics and we've seen this done over the years with Doctor Who novels, Star Trek novels, the Star Wars novels and you know to the greater degree Star Trek novels are really the the gold standard here it's really the model because the novels don't do anything to disrupt what happened on screen and they're just their own stories that continue the adventures of the characters that fans know and love. And I think this is a good thing because what happens is people watch the movie and they're going to come into the comic book shop and they're going to buy that comic. They're going to get turned on to that comic and they're going to come back for more. And when they come back, they can say, well, okay, do you have any else, anything else about Moon Knight? And, and the, the comic shop owner can go, yeah, we do. Check out this great trade paperback, this graphic novel about Moon Knight. And it resembles, you know, this is the early days of Moon Knight before the TV series. But you got hooked on the TV series. You like the current series that is, you know, matching up and syncing up. But here's something else you might like too. And that's going to cause people to buy comics across the board. Comic sales will raise. The last piece of the puzzle is really getting comics back on newsstand shelves and out of exclusive deals just with comic book shops. Because if you don't go to a comic book shop right now, you can't buy brand new, new release comics in stores like 
Walgreens or Target or Walmart. They, they just aren't there. When I was a kid, they were in the drugstores. They were in the grocery stores. We need to get back to that. That doesn't mean we get rid of comic book shops. But I'm talking about the top 20 big titles need to be available on newsstands. And then have ads in those books for the local comic book shops. Comic book shop locator. Come on. We can do this. And that will convert people into readers that will send them, you know, to pick up the book on the newsstand shelves. It will send them into the local comic book shop. It syncs up with the movie. So it creates comic fans from the movie fans and it broadens the distribution and everybody wins. I think Kevin Feige is doing something brilliant. I think it's been long needed and I think it's only going to help. But I want to know what you think. This show is about you and your hero's journey and what you think. Do you agree or disagree? You can let us know with a voice message. Send us a voice message. Go to our website, backofthecerealbox.fun, and there's an icon right on the front page to send us a voice message. Let us know what you think. Or send us an email at serialboxpodcast at gmail.com. Do it the old school way. Or you can connect with us on social media. Facebook and Instagram and all of our social media is at backofthecerealbox.fun. Go to backofthecerealbox.fun for more and for how to connect with us. And by the way, if you love this show and you don't want to hear as many ads on our shows, you can become a sponsor yourself through buymeacoffee.com or Patreon. And how do you do that? Good question. I'm glad you asked. At backofthecerealbox.fun, there is a donate button. There is a buy me a coffee icon button on the front page. Just click that and you can you can donate to help make our shows even better. And if you hate our show, consider donating even more generously to help us improve. But whatever you do, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. We really do want to hear from you, however you do it. So guys and gals, that is it this week for me. I hope you enjoy this episode. I really do want to hear what you think. And if you enjoyed the show, tell two, 300 of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box.